gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another episode of the Hall of Justice podcast. This week, we are focusing on Reacher. And like the boys, like Spider-Verse, it is incredibly hard to do a critical review of a show that is so amazing. First of all, I was late to the Reacher party. Number one, because I thought the trailer for that Tom Cruise movie was awful. I am a huge fan of Alan Richson. I remember him from Smallville when he played Aquaman. Recently, he was in Titans, played Hawk. And all you have to do is spend a couple of minutes with this show and you realize it's the combination of Batman and Daredevil. It's part detective show, part action hero. The only thing he doesn't have is a cape. Now, because this isn't a DC or Marvel or Star Wars thing, I wasn't sure who to reach out to to talk about this show. So I did a little experiment on Facebook, not Twitter, not LinkedIn, not Instagram, not TikTok. On Facebook, I posted a message. Season two of Reacher is fantastic. It's the best of Batman and Daredevil combined. Who else has seen this masterpiece? No exaggeration, 45 people said they liked it. But of those 45 people, only a couple have experience in the media, including my friend Abe Gordon. Abe and I know each other from Abe and I know each other from our days at SiriusXM. He is currently a producer and a host at 92.9 The Game in Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia, the site of season one of Reacher. So it wasn't the most devious thing I've ever done, but it worked. First of all, you fell for my trick. That is fantastic. You were the guinea pig. It was for people like you. Thank you so much for doing this. You're a very hardworking person over at 92.9 The Game. I appreciate you taking some time out to slum with a podcast like this. I look, I'm happy to be here. And anytime something catches my attention, um, I, I'm like the first person like get excited to talk about it too. So <laughs> like, it makes perfect sense. I'm always like, did you watch it yet? Have you finished it? And, and so, yeah, as soon as it pops, I'm ready to roll. So, uh, this should be fun. I can't wait to get it going. Well, and as we said in the open, one of the best things about this podcast is people who press play saw it or they don't care. So we can spoil the bejesus out of it. <laughs> you know, I, we, that was learned. A long time ago, you don't go on social media and say, I can't believe they killed Han Solo. You can't. That's a jerk move. But if you say, hey, we'll talk about that thing in this. And and that really applies to Reacher. Um, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I slept on the first season. I didn't see it right away. Um, I had heard it was very southern. And the first season takes place in Georgia. Yeah, And I just thought at the moment, like, I just was like, I don't know what, what, what is it? And I will be perfectly honest. 
I never saw the movie, the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, I was going to ask because I'm a huge fan of the first one. Okay. I saw the trailer of that and none of it appealed to me. Yeah. This, when I finally sat down to watch episode one, I said, where has this show been? And Alan Richson has been on so many things that I've seen and so many things that we've covered on this podcast, including Smallville. He was Aquaman and he was Hawk in Titans and he was great in both. And a lot of people thought that he his calling would be in D.C. or Marvel like that. that that's where it's going. And the parallel that I'll make, and this is how I want to start the discussion, is to me, Reacher is Batman and Daredevil. He is Batman in that take the costume away. Yeah. And he's Daredevil in the motivation and the, the introspective. It feels so cerebral, even though it's an action show. I thought it was the best of Batman and Daredevil. Yeah, obviously, for, from the Batman perspective, you remove the gadgets and and ultimately it's just a well-trained soldier is kind of what the Batman character is. And I know there's the other backstory of Bruce Wayne and, and we no, won't get into that. No, but it's not apples to apples. Right. At the base of it, it he, he is a well-trained soldier. Uh, and that is what Reacher is. Um, and we've seen some Batmans that have played up physically um, and some maybe not as much. Reacher is supposed to be that physical character. I know that's a lot of the criticism with the movies and the Tom Cruise and all that nonsense. And I didn't care. I enjoyed the movies as they were because I'm a pretty big simpleton in, in terms of what I'm looking for in movies or shows that I go out of my way to watch. And for me, Reacher was always going to deliver that. And so when you get a guy like Richin, who I was familiar with from going way back uh, from Blue Mountain State, which was a short-lived uh, college football TV show, uh, if you will, uh, kind of the sort of role that can honestly end careers, that sort of comedy would never be made uh, nowadays. Um, so I was familiar with him, and, and uh, to see him come back in this manner and really um, kind of jump to the forefront of Hollywood to an extent, um, it's great to see, and, and I'm not familiar with the books, Tom Cruise, the movie was my introduction, but you know, you, you mentioned season one was Southern. Um, I am live in Atlanta. I'm from Georgia. So there was an appeal there, um, but that wasn't the only reason I, I dug in. And, and then once I got through season one uh, and I'm a total binge watcher, Seth, I, I'm not one of those guys who is like, I hate that I had to wait week after week after week. I'll be honest for season two here. I waited like six weeks until six episodes were out. And then I binge watched six and then I had seven and eight uh, in their due time. Um, but I, I was hooked uh, from the very beginning. You didn't have to do much to sell me. Um, but for those who maybe did want to be sold on it, I, I think Richin is an outstanding lead uh, to do that. He's fascinating. And yeah. I heard him on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Um, and Michael Rosenbaum's been on this show. Uh, so it's six degrees of separation. Um <laughs> He's a fascinating guy, uh, has dealt with mental illness himself and mm -hmm. very open about it. Yep. Um, he's a really likable person. I mean, that, that's the best way to describe it. There are 29 Reacher books by mm -hmm. Lee Child. The, the, the debut novel is Killing Floor, which is season one. The second season is about another book that was written 10 years later 
Bad Luck and Trouble, it's called. And that's season two that, that happens. Um, I like that they did season one first because there's so much connection to his family. Okay. What Reacher, I thought, does remarkably is give him motivation. Mm-hmm. Just last week, just last week, we reviewed Echo, uh, the Marvel series. Mm-hmm. And in it, uh, my one of my biggest criticisms of it was she shoots Kingpin in Hawkeye and then makes a run for it and decides to go to the one place you would think they'd look for her, her hometown. And it made no sense. You couldn't understand why. In this, why does he go to Margrave? the fictional town, by the way, and you are in Georgia. You can confirm there is no Margrave. Not that I'm aware of, but there's a heck of a lot of towns like Margrave right. <laughs> uh, if you go far enough away from Atlanta. That's yeah, there's no doubt about that. That's fair. And he goes there, but he goes there because it's about his brother, and he has to understand. And it seems like the team-up with Finley and Roscoe are so organic. Do you agree with this? Like, it just seems like it fits, and everything he does has a reason. To make a superhero analogy, Mm -hmm. Civil War makes a lot of sense in Marvel. Captain America was really angry at Iron Man, and Iron Man was really angry at Captain America. Batman v Superman made no sense. They stop fighting because they find out their mom's first name is both Martha? Like, what's the point of that? In this, he clearly has a reason for being there, and everything seems to just fall into place. So one of the things that I think lends itself to an incredible amount of individuality is the character Reacher doesn't need development. Um, He's somewhat of a robotic person, uh, emotionless, and so you can't build a story around his character development. You have to build his story around the the relationship to others and we saw that in season one as you mentioned we did also see that um in the most recent season and, and so mm-hmm. i think you have to build it out that way and so taking and i know you know he doesn't have quote a hometown he travels a lot but making him go to a destination for a purpose has to be kind of part of this at least the start of the storyline and it was in both seasons whether it's small town or, or big town, but the the fact that you can't build episode over episode over his character development means you have to build the storyline out, and, and you have to make it not about him, uh, about his relationship to someone else. And and I think they did such a good job um, of that in both seasons uh, of this show. And, and you know, the one thing I want to say about Richson is he probably doesn't get enough credit for the acting job he does because it's difficult to play someone that is so inhuman in in a sense, someone that's so robotic um, that doesn't have emotions. Everyone's asking, how do you bring the emotions out of that character? He talks about how hard that is. Yeah. In that podcast, he talked about that. Yeah. To go the other way. I mean, we've talked about like, all right, so Daniel Day-Lewis wins multiple Oscars, and there's like an obvious soliloquy or speech that he gives, and you know that's going to be shown as the highlight reel for him. It's the opposite. You have to dumb it down so much that you're you're, you're fighting all of your instincts to display emotion, 
to display feeling, to display character. I think it's an outstanding job of underselling almost um, that shouldn't go overlooked. He he has he proven to be the perfect actor for it. Um, and the fact that you can't build it around himself, around his character, it has to be the relationship to others, uh, I think is um, an outstanding way to develop the stories as they go. A couple of things about Alan Richson that'll piss you off. <laughs> Number one, he's 41. Okay. He looks like that. At I've gotten used to that in Hollywood, though. I've gotten used to the, the age thing being being a little wonky. 41? Yeah. Okay. Um, the other uh, thing about it is he's not that tall. And he talked okay. about that in his podcast, uh, in the interview I heard about him. He was not that tall. And so he appears so much taller than all of his co-stars. Mm -hmm. He has to have lifts and issues. And I'm not criticizing that. Don't don't misconstrue. What I'm saying is how hard it is to do the physical work that he does on lifts. That's NF41. NF41, I am blown away. I know you say he's not that tall, but, but as a guy that's barely touching 5'9", um six three is pretty tall like like i get it he's not he's not six eight he's not six, not seven, six eight right and he looks six eight in the I, they play him up to be like a pro wrestler six seven three thirty and, and that's not the case um but it's also not and, and again this goes back to why he was such a good um actor for this role he wasn't the concern everyone was everyone just hated Tom Cruise in that role because it was blasphemy for a five, seven or five, whatever height he is. I don't care um, to, to play big and rich and just plays big. So naturally they also, and I was laughing at it in one of the last two episodes that I watched his, his physique and the way, like he's not walking like he would normally walk. They make him walk in certain ways to to build him as wide as a truck like he wouldn't normally hold his arms out that way um but but they play it out that way and so there, there's a lot of different tricks and i'm sure camera angles lifts you mentioned it but uh there's no doubt about it he he plays the role big um and it requires that for any sense of realism in fight scenes where there's multiple um you know victims if you will attackers whatever you want to call them but that also tells you why a costume is not needed to have that kind of hero. You know what that this show right. reminds me of? I, I I hate to say it. It it has a very big Knight Rider, uh Magnum PI kind of feel mm -hmm. in that those are comic book shows that just didn't have IP connected to it. Like right. that, that that that's what those shows were. Uh Michael Knight always looked larger than life. You know, even in the scenes without the car. That's Reacher. That you know, Re Reacher commandeers the room. I like the scene at the end of the finale when they go to the diner and they're all bloodied, <laughs> and the waitress goes, "Must have been quite a night." <laughs> He's had worse. You know, part of the interesting thing is um, everyone's scared of him too, and, and I think that's an important aspect of it. Um, the lead bad guys, uh, anyone involved. They're terrified of the possibility of him not being restrained, of the possibility of him having his way. Uh, and I think that 
keeps going with with what you're saying. We've seen, and again, I'll make the parallels to Batman. We've seen multiple films or TV shows or whatever you want it to be where Batman steps out of the shadows or whatnot, and the criminals panic. They like, oh no, he's yep. here. There's a lot of that to 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 this really? character as well, yeah. where uh oh, he's out of the handcuffs. Now we're all in big big trouble. Um, and the fact that he does strike that fear, I mean, even in the early stages of, of the, the season, I think it was episode one, he's being talked down to in, in a bar. And as soon as he stands up and he towers over this other guy by two or three inches and the guy says, you know, I, you could tell uh, maybe he doesn't act that way or speak it, but you could tell the guy's like, I may have been uh, making a mistake in this one. So uh, I think that the fact that people are immediately scared of him due to his size, due to their knowledge of his skills, um, continues to play up the fact that he's larger than life and, and is a problem. That's a great point. That's a, that's a great point. The more I watched season one, I thought this was a superhero show. Yeah. Um, this second season, let's focus on this second season for a minute. And, and also the calmness in fight scenes is also something that we've seen a lot of in recent years. Um, but but remaining calm, like having ultra confidence in your ability to to uh, dominate those situations um, that, that that, you know, whether it's a superhero movie or or martial arts films, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like he definitely has that aspect of of um, physical confidence. And I think that also plays up um, the larger than life character type of stuff. More in the Hall of Justice in just a moment. Want to talk to the artists out there. Have you heard of Wacom One? It's the ultimate digital tablet. Explore a bold new world of opportunities with Wacom One as you digitally draw, paint, edit images, take notes, or collaborate. There is no limit to what you can do. I spoke with Melissa Ashcraft, the Director of Marketing Communications at Wacom Technology Corporation. Wacom has been around for 40 years, and for the entirety of that 40 years, we have consulted with artists about how to improve our products. And these brand new products are products we built from the ground up, and we started with consulting artists, consulting professional creators, and asking them, what do you need to help your workflow and improve your process? We took all of their feedback, and we incorporated it into the new Cintiq Pro products. All models come with everything you need to get started in your own creative hobby, including bonus downloadable software, training, and access to ongoing fun and inspiring content to help you get the most out of your product and your creative hobby. I was attracted to Wacom One when I found out that many of the superheroes we talk about here on the Hall of Justice have been designed with Wacom technology. At Wacom, what we say is that if you've watched it, if you've driven it, if you've held it, chances are it was designed on a Wacom. I would be very confident in saying that most, if not all, have been drawn on Wacom products. For more information, go to wacom.com. That's W-A-C-O-M.com. Now back to the Hall of Justice. The one criticism of this season, the second season, was that it's too much guns. Okay. Not too many guns. I, I said it specifically, too much guns. Like it's there's just an overwhelming amount of shooting. Even that final scene, it's shooting, shooting, shooting until the 
until they get to the helicopter, it's shooting, yeah. shooting, shooting. Do you think that's fair criticism? To me, it, it follows the story because there he's he's with his army group. Like in season one, he wasn't. So it's probably it's probably proper based on what the storyline was. Um, but honestly, like the amount of money that was was at risk here, like sixty five million is not enough to be like hiring this many bad guys with uh, unlimited funds and all that stuff. So, I, I mean, there are some questions along those lines. The, the thing to me, and, and this is not a Reacher thing, it's not just a superhero thing. We see it in, like, I just, there's not that many bad shots in the world. Like, like if we're all firing at the same target, the semi-auto, like, it's just. <laughs> well, that's it, like, like stormtroopers, right? Yeah, stormtroopers it, yeah never, exactly. Like, come never on, hit. man. Um, like, even even in John Wick, like, like, and, and I make fun of it. He, I know he's got like the bulletproof suit and all that, but there's like his hands are not covered. Like just shoot him in, shoot him in the thumb. In the I don't hands. know. Like right. someone would hit him at some point. So um, yeah, th- there's definitely that aspect. The James Bond villain. No one can shoot Bond. I, I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, yeah, I, I personally enjoy the hand-to-hand combat more than that stuff. Um, And so I enjoy like I enjoy one dude wrecking five or six in a small, um, right. isolated when they think they room. have him outnumbered, and he yeah, uh, I, I mean, anytime again, we go back to that first scene. You know, I I got twelve, I you got eight, and then he says you're three short. I, I mean, that sort of stuff where you just know one guy's going to take out two or three or four guys, um, and that just doesn't happen with with guns. It it only happens with hand to hand, maybe, maybe some knife or baton work, but um, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I didn't watch an episode and then think, Oh my goodness, too many guns. I did well, hear the criticism and I, and I say that I'm not trying to get on a soapbox about it. It, it wasn't a thing. What about the idea? He suspends belief. Let me just go with this, this idea. <laughs> the, 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 obviously the finale, they're on a helicopter and the gurney that yeah that, he's not holding on sure he 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 suddenly gets superhero strength and can flip you know that can hold it while he's getting beat on by Jason. he was Patrick, stabbed pretty which, deep through the arm at one point right but the extreme of him all he wants is a toothbrush and the clothes he has on like even minimalists want a little mm-hmm you know, I, I understand his argument about not owning property like his, his that that I bought. You know, I, I don't want to own property, but Airbnb, like <laughs> like find a place just to crash. Even the smallest, shittiest place. Just do so. It, it almost seems if I had to criticize one thing, I'll make a sports analogy. When I hear Reacher say that stuff. He sounds like Russell Wilson. He just sounds a little too good to be true. He has to be bullshitting me. There's a couple things I can respect um, about that aspect of Reacher's mindset. Um, one of them, and, and we see that, you know, from the start, right, where where uh, there's no way to contact him is zero paper trail. Um, I can cool. appreciate that. I can I appreciate that the zero hate. paper trail. So uh, I'm down with that. Um and again, it just goes to what I said at the beginning. It's such a robotic character with so little development beyond, um, you know, this is 
what I'm here to do. This is how I've been trained. This is by the book there, you know, whatever. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it bothered me that much. I, I, you know, some of the other disbelief stuff that we see just throughout the show, it, the same stuff we see in any movie that, I mean, it goes back to like what I talked about, like someone would hit a shot at some point. Right. No one is that strong. Like, I watch a lot of mixed martial arts. Like I've seen guys take punches to the face. Like it impacts you. Like, like it's so easy to break an orbital bone, even his that like, you know, if, if Robert Patrick's like teeing you up a couple of times, there, there'd be more than just like a little bit of blood trail and a, and a smile. Um, so, so from that matter of disbelief, the physical stuff, sure. But I don't know. I'd, I'd be okay without him spending some of that money. I mean, I, you know, it wouldn't be how I go about it, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I think that's that's what makes him him, though. In this character, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be so mysterious and so lack of want if 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 he had put something aside. And then the extreme of they just come up with sixty five million dollars, yeah, and they go out of their way to say what he's doing with the money. Didn't, like it's not like they're hiding it. They're not hiding it. Going, you never know. Like. Ooh, what a surprise! You mean you mean what he did for others with the money? Yeah, like they. they yeah, so I they have think the money, that was... and they, 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 there's still 15 minutes left in the show. Yeah, I thought that was interesting actually, because while I talked about him being robotic, that was actually about as much character development as we saw throughout season one or two. Um, was how he treated others and how he decided to use that money to best serve um, their intentions, even if they didn't know that was in their best interest. Um, um, setting aside money and, and starting an LLC so someone could start their own business as opposed to do what they're doing on someone else's name. Uh, making sure it went into a kid's fund so they'd never be worried for for that. I, I, I That was actually quite interesting. Um, and, and I know, look, we're, we're supposed to believe he is an intelligent um, figure. And, and I think that's just another way um, outside of the detective stuff um, to to showcase that. What about the supporting cast? Which did you feel more connected to? Like, what about the idea that, you know, Roscoe is a more suitable love interest than Carla Dixon? Like, but she was his, you know, he was her superior. Mm -hmm. It was just awkward. And, you know, he wouldn't touch her while they were there. You're not in the army anymore. And I, I get all that. I just thought the Roscoe when when she's trying to save Lana Lang, by the way, uh, Kristen Crook, uh, who plays the wife. Um, I don't know. It just seemed more genuine. Again, splitting hairs. I thought season one was better than season two. Yeah, I I, I think they're so different. In, in honestly, in, in in terms of that, like the idea of like going into a small town like you did in season one with someone you don't know. Um, and, and how things play out there. Um, it does have a different feel than season two, where it just feels like um, long overdue pent up sexual tension. Um, and, and having a hit, having a history is not Reacher's thing, right? And, and I know these are are people from the special investigators, but like having a history and holding on to that history, that goes against everything we've been led to believe is Reacher's character, right? There's like I said, there's no paper trail. There's no hometown. There's no this. There's no he's emotionless. So like from that perspective, it does kind of go against 
um, what we've been led to believe Reacher really is. Um, you know, I, I thought the the different the thing about season one versus season two is it feels like there should be ten seasons in between the two. Mm. Like season one does feel well, there like were a great. Ten, t- there were that many books. Well, that was just that was just a number. It could be twenty, however many books. But like, see, the, the, the season two felt like a grandiose finale to Reacher. Uh, you talked about getting to the oh, level where there's a number of guns and stuff like that. It feels like we skipped so many steps to get him from Margrave to dealing with stuff in New York City. Like, like it just feels like with 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 sixty five million dollars and rocket launchers and like it's such a big step up to like small town framed for a crime type of things. It feels like we. It feels like it should be the wrap of like the series, not not a season. Um, that's going to continue throughout the series. So I, I thought that was interesting. It did feel, and again, I'm not familiar with the books. Well, I know they're there, but Killing I mean, Floor the storyline specifically. Season one, season two is Bad Luck and Trouble. That's the 11th book. But I, I don't know any of the other books to know if they're more like small town on his own type of things before you get into this big group gang mission, which which season two was. It just feels like there's so many levels between what season one was and what season two ends up being again, I, that feels like it should be like season 14 last season uh, of the series. Like we're going to blow it out big time, lots of money. Um, you know, you're talking about national security stuff, not a small town murder. That's, that's a pretty quick jump. Um, considering that, that certainly there's going to be more seasons on the way. More of the Hall of Justice in just a moment, but first, a message from Warner Brothers Animation. Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1 is out. It's available on digital and 4K UHD and Blu-ray. This three-part film is based on DC's iconic comic book limited series Crisis on Infinite Earths by Marv Wolfman and the late George Perez. DC superheroes from across the multiverse in the first of three parts and it's the satisfying conclusion to the Tomorrowverse, something we've covered here on the podcast. It stars Emmy winner Darren Chris as Superman, Stana Kotick as Wonder Woman, and Jensen Eccles of Supernatural fame, and The Boys as Batman Bruce Wayne. Matt Bomer, fantastic in the show Doom Patrol. He plays The Flash, Barry Allen. Meg Donnelly as Supergirl and Harbinger. And Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor. Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. Oblivion. Not just for our Earth, but for everyone everywhere in every universe. Against this ultimate destruction, the mysterious Monitor has gathered the greatest team of superheroes ever assembled. But what can the combined might of Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern, and hundreds of superheroes from multiple Earths even do to save all of reality from an unstoppable antimatter Armageddon? Check out Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is the one you've been waiting for. Ever since they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths miniseries on the CW's Arrowverse, you always wanted to see what it would look like in animation. Here it is. On digital, Blu-ray, and 4K UHD. Now back to the Hall of Justice podcast. Book 27, just for the sake of the argument, a woman throws herself in front of a bus. 
Although seemingly suicide, Jack Reacher sees what really happened, a man pushing the victim to her death and stealing her bag. He follows the killer and discovers the event is part of a much larger secret conspiracy. I'd read that. Um, I'd watch it. I, I'm not going to lie and tell you I'm going right. to go pick up the book and read it. But yeah, I, I mean, that again, potentially they unravel that that conspiracy to be like way, way big. But like, again, that sounds like it's a smaller scale story that would follow up Margrave where where this I mean, he's dealing with high levels of national security here. Uh, book 28. It's 1992. Scientists formerly employed by the U.S. government are dying in suspicious circumstances. Leaders in the Defense Department mobilize a multi-agency task force, including the recently demoted Captain Reacher. So it's a flashback. Yeah, now that that does sound a lot larger scale, though, because, again, you're back to national security, high level, you know, the three letter organizations, be it FBI or DEA or Homeland, you know, all that stuff. So that, that does sound bigger. I don't know. It just felt like a big jump. It felt like. So here's the here's the problem, Seth. No, right. You're not wrong. I, I, so. I you you have what we know now is season two. Are you able to, as a series, dial the scale back down at this point? Yeah. Is it is it always bigger and larger and better and more? Or, or, or are you able to just treat every season individually, season two, what is what it was, but now we dial the scale back down and he's in, I don't know, Topeka, Kansas, and something's going on there with, uh, you know, whatever the water supply. I don't know. Like, like, can you dial it back down or, is, or can it only go one direction from here? Well, and I didn't know this uh, until this podcast, but uh, the ninth book. So season two is book 11. The ninth book is called one shot. That novel was adapted for the first movie. Yeah. Hold on. In the TV series continuity, the events of one shot are implied to have occurred between seasons one and two. I didn't are we know supposed that to, because I never saw say, the movie. Are we supposed to have known that? Because you, you lost me on that. Okay. I, sure. I'm telling you. I'm, 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 this is in notes. In the TV series, the events of this book. So in essence, the movie is also based on the novels. Mm-hmm. You could argue that the Tom Cruise movie is the same character. Yeah, I I had no problem with that. So that just made me interested I mean, in seeing the movie. I I don't know when the sequel "Never Go Back" uh, would would have been played out, but um, find out. Hold on, uh, oy, find out. Uh, there's, there, there left a little bit to be desired. The sequel there. Um, yeah, I I always that's treated book them as eighteen. Sorry to interrupt. The that's book eighteen. Um, never go back. Yeah, and that was ad- adapted for the screen role. So. Technically, okay. in the book continuity, uh, the second sequel takes place after season two. Okay. I, uh, it honestly, be interesting if they adapt that. Based on the quality of that movie, I wish it had never taken place. No, 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 but this. that's my point. Do you adapt that book and do it better? Yeah, like I don't have any issues. Um, or do you skip that book altogether? Yeah. It's not it's not such a like gung ho plot line that you have to have it in there. Um, it really isn't. And I, I, you know, all jokes aside, I do think Tom Cruise um, complain about the height stuff all you want and the physical stuff all you want. I, I just really do enjoy this character, um, whether it was Rich or Cruise, especially in, in the original okay. movie, which was my introduction. 
Um, and, and, and yeah, that would have made a great, a great series uh, season as well, because uh, I loved what they did with it, but hmm. uh, I'd be open to them revisiting that storyline or the, or, or the sequel from the movie as well. Um, hmm. I, I, I don't care if you go outside of the reacher line and, and find other books that make sense to, to do this. I, I mean, just keep giving me more Alan Richson and find ways uh, to make him maul like five or six people at a time. Like I'm always going to be in like, like here's the thing for me. You, I, could, I joke, you could technically do 29 seasons. You, you could can do 50 of them. I, I don't he's care. 41 now. How old can he get? Well, I mean, we still got I, I, I hate to keep parlaying this to Tom Cruise here, but I mean, Tom Cruise is still Ethan Hunt. Last time I checked, I, I mean, yes. we, shit, we had, uh, it Harrison Ford play Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones at 82 years old or whatever he was. So, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Eh, that's a little de-aging technology. No, um, see, that's the whole thing. Richin's been great. If they need to replace him at some point, the way James Bond has lived on, I think they'll figure out how to do that. But, like, the thing for me is this series, this show is always going to work Um, because it combines a number of things that, like, I'm always interested in. Um. Well, I don't know how you want to phrase it, like revenge movie or film or, or or one man versus a whole army like that stuff. Action wise is always going to play for me. Like, I can't tell you how many different films from different countries with a similar premise like I'll buy into brother was killed. Now I got to go kill 19 people on the way to find his killer. Like I'm always going to buy into that sort of stuff. And you mix that with the detective or spy or, 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 you know, Academy, uh, you know, department, the FBI, CIA, th those sorts of stories. Like you combine those two where he's got to investigate, but he's also got to kill 19 people. Like I'm just always going to be into that. So like I look past like some some storyline bumps or anything like that. This is always going to be a seller for me. I hope they I hope they do make every single book into a series or into a season. The whole thing's fascinating. It really is. The whole thing. This show was so stinking good. That's all I can say. It's so good. For this, I think because the existence of those movies and the fact that some people went into this with that perspective. I'm really glad that you're here because I didn't have that perspective before I press play on, on episode one. It was only because of the buzz that everyone was talking and my appreciation for Alan Richson. And I said, all right, let's see what this is. And people nope. were saying to me, you are going to love this show. And the first season I saw in three days, like it was fast. And then season two, um, I watched it week to week to week. <laughs> you know, I remember watching episode seven on an airplane. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, I couldn't believe it. I saw that. And the finale of season four of For All Mankind, which is another amazing mm -hmm. show that we're going to do an episode on um, two of the absolute best shows of the year by a million. So uh, the initial movie um, Jack Reacher, 2012, Tom Cruise made 215 million, maybe somewhere along those lines, 200, like, like this show, like a start there, this show doesn't happen without uh, a, a movie that goes over a hundred million dollars. And obviously Tom Cruise is most, any movie he puts out at this point is going to make, especially if it's action is going to make 
200 million or plus. So, so this certainly accomplished that. Um, and then you look for the biggest um, complaint that we've talked about is everyone um, just said, this isn't how the character's supposed to be physically. Um, Tom Cruise ain't it. So you combine the two aspects, right? People liked the story of Jack Reacher, the original film. People liked the character uh, of the original film. They didn't like the physical performance. Now you bring in a guy who has that physical performance that pretty much everyone is like two thumbs up on. Everyone is in favor of that. You show him, here's the guy that's going to play Jack Reacher. And everyone's like, that's what we're talking about. That's what we needed to see from Tom Cruise. So you bring the powerhouse of Tom Cruise jump starting and booting up this, this storyline with here's the guy that everyone kind of wanted to see from that perspective. You mash them together and you find the right book for it, it to, to make season one. It, it's just really a, a combination of a lot of things that got it to be successful because you couldn't take Alan Rich. Uh, look, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of his as well. You can't take Alan Richson into that Tom Cruise movie and, and, and expect $200 million. It, that, that's a, a, no offense. That's like a direct to DVD or, or straight to streaming movie. And, and you couldn't have taken Tom Cruise and over the course of this, um, expect people to continue buying in on the physical side of things. Like you had to make that change and you had to have like the perfect meddling. But the, the fact that Tom Cruise was able to get um, the character of Jack Reacher into the persona, into the pop culture realm to where people were familiar with it, had the big complaint. They took the character, fixed the big complaint. Um, it, it really is just a perfect storm of, uh, of, of that aspect of it. And and then there's the other aspect as well, which is the rise of streaming, the rise of TV shows on streaming. Th this would not work um, on cable. Uh, I, there's obviously no, too much violence, too episodes. much language. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so th there's, it's just the right time for it all to come together. And, and now we're just kind of off and running and really just waiting to see how many seasons they could pump out and how quick. Um, because like you said, I, I, I'm all in. I think a lot of people are all in. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty good. And uh, I say this again, uh, Amazon prime to me is the ultimate streaming service because it doesn't have an overwhelming number of shows, but what it has, it has okay. great ones. Ms. Maisel, the boys, um, there's, there's so many good shows. And see, I, I'm a Netflix guy, and I and I say that, though, because I'm more of a Man movie Man in the High person. Castle was on Amazon Prime. I'm a movie person, and um, like I said, I want these revenge films. I want these assassin films. I, I want one guy rolling through an entire mob film. Um, and, and Netflix does so well at that is provide those from multiple countries. I, I don't care what language it's in. I watch everything with subtitles on, which I know it's its own discussion point sometimes, but that that to me is like the strongest selling point of like, I'm not a TV series guy, like people at work. I'm famously like, did you watch this? I'm like, nah, man, I don't watch TV series. So the fact that I'm sitting here watching Reacher, telling other people to watch Reacher, like all in on it, like tells you how good of a series it has been, continues to be, and hopefully will, will, will provide in the future. Cause there's only like two or three, uh, only a couple of TV series on the streaming platforms that I go out of my way 
to watch and and reacher is very high up on that list yeah so we so we caught you yeah <laughs> at, the, at the right one um no I, I i i hear you i hear you um this was a show that i couldn't stop talking about and i was just like we had to do a podcast on this abe thanks so much for doing this how can people find you online and uh talk about your your show that you do uh, in atlanta i'm sure that's available everywhere yeah so i don't know if you call it twitter or call it x whatever your termage is verbiage for that uh you can follow me there at abe gordon uh certainly a lot of atlanta sports but i i do like to pound uh some movie thoughts as well um so so you can check me out at abe gordon there and then yeah um just follow me there and i'll, I'll let you know when i'm going to be on air at uh, 92.9 the game uh here in atlanta and we'll have to have you back we'll talk about we'll talk about a movie this time since you're a big movie oh boy we'll find, we'll find a movie to have you back no doubt, but I, I'm definitely a big movie guy, more so than TV shows. So I'm, I'm always hitting up the theaters. Right on, man. Thanks again. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Seth. That's Abe Gordon. Reacher can be found on Amazon Prime. Two seasons. It's must-watch. We're going to do a lot more reviews. We are playing catch-up in a couple, including Marvel's What If Season 2 and that spinoff from The Boys, Gen V, plus the Madam Web movie. It's all coming up in the weeks to come right here on the Hall of Justice podcast. We'll see you then.